0: Okay, okay. I'm running out of time today, and I have a lot in my spirit to share. I am feeling particularly on fire recently. I don't know what's going on in my private time, but something's happening in me. God is pushing me to a new level, and it's getting me very excited to preach. I'm actually, in the week, I'm like, can it please just be Sunday already? Because I feel like I have things burning in me that I want to share. Who wants more services during the week? Good. That's good to know because my pastor, Pastor K, or one of my pastors, I have two. Uh, pastor K called me and he's, he's coming in July and he's going to be here for the 7th of July. But he called me up this week and said, Liam, I'm free on the Friday night. Do you want to do another service on Friday night? And I was like, I don't know how we'll make it work, but let's do it. If it's just in an empty room with Pastor K, it will be worth it. So, Friday, the 5th of July, 7th of July, please get him in your diary and come and see this man. I've never seen, I've personally never seen someone walk in such supernatural power before. Um, Today I am without my wife. I think that's the first time since we started Flow Church she's not here with me. And that is sad for me. But it's also extremely good. The reason it is good is because the team this morning, a team of nine people went to St. Peter's Hospital. And they led a service for people in the hospital. Guys, I think that's pretty cool. I, I just, come on. In fact... Yesterday, they were in St. Peter's and they went around all the wards and they invited people to come to church. How exciting is this? I'm like, is this England? I didn't think we were allowed to do this kind of thing. Just going around inviting everyone to come to church and then this morning they held the church service. They've actually finished already and Paul's made it back already. So, shall we get him up? I have no idea how it went. Come on, Paul. Come on, good looking, Paul. <laughs> Baptism, Paul.
1: But um, it, uh, it was amazing, you had to kind of check, you had to pinch yourself, that the room was kind of like, about 10 people had kind of come along, but there was the opportunity to kind of talk to them. It was really uncomfortable, I've got to say, going around the wards. I hate hospitals, I hate the smell, you know, just like, kind of, it was real. But we ended up <laughs> preaching, Emily preached, testimony, Ruth gave this amazing testimony, were able to to worship in this room there were um eight people in wheelchairs but there was a bed in there as well wow. a lady with terminal cancer and you just kind of you just kind of heart back don't you to to the to the bed that was laid lowered down wow. you know their, their friends laid, um, yeah, yeah. lowered them yeah. down and uh, and just this kind of opportunity to express a love which i don't know i don't get during the week when was the last time i was in a room full of people that were i just you were just thinking about jesus these people would be they'd be journeying to get to jesus and yet here we were with this opportunity there was a flipping bed in this room (laughs) do you know what i mean so yeah just um still processing it but yeah it was awesome and it was a privilege so
0: Come on, I get so excited when we're actually out there doing the stuff, helping people, standing with them, praying with them. And I believe for a day, I truly believe for a day when we will go there and we will pray for these people and see them healed and we'll begin to empty hospitals. I'm believing for it, okay? I'm standing for it today. And that is exciting, Guy, I get so pumped when we're not just here at church. You know what I mean? I, I get pumped when we're, we're living church. Anybody else? Anybody else just get bored sometimes of sitting in church doing the same thing? It's nice that we're getting out there as a church. I'm excited about that. We are about our sending capacity here as a church, and uh, it's very exciting. We're going, there's going to be prisons next month. So we're going to send a team into prisons, and they're going to lead a Wednesday night service. See, church is going to happen every night in just different places. It's going to be exciting. And it's just exciting to think. Who knows what the nurses think? Who knows what the prison guards will think? And uh, we got one here today. And uh, and we, who knows what will happen? Who knows what God will do through us? But I get excited, Holly. I get excited when people are sent out. Speaking of that, will you stand up for me, Holly? Thank you. Thanks for being so obedient. Holly, you are, uh, it's your birthday tomorrow as well, isn't it? Yeah. Twenty five tomorrow. <laughs> hey. Do you say old? Yeah. Don't don't even that's it's not gonna go down well here. And uh you have had the great pre- you are an actress yeah. and God has opened up some doors for you yeah. and you're gonna go and be performing in Vienna for seven weeks. Um you're a main part in the play as well, aren't you? This is a yeah. you're the lead role. Now, for a church that's all about going to Europe, it's very exciting when one of your people gets a acting job in Europe. And they're actually there at the same time as one of the biggest European conferences, Christian conferences. They're going to be filling a stadium at the same time that you're there. It's 10 minutes walk for you, so you're going to get impacted. Emily's going to come out and see you. She booked her flights this week to come and support you and do that. But we want to send you well. So I want to pray for you right now that you may be an instrument. Come on, lift your hands, pray for Holly. Holly, the Bible says that you are the light of the world. How fascinating that Christ said that about us. So do not hide your light. Do not put it under a bowl. Instead, put it on a stand to light the whole house. And let your light shine before men, that they might see your good deeds, and they will glorify God. When you're there, just do good deeds. Just look out for people to pray for. Look out for people to encourage. Every time you walk past somebody who's um, misfortunate, just bless them. Say, God bless you. Be generous. And I pray as you do that, your light will shine to your fellow actors, your directors, the technicians, the audience. And I pray that they would start glorifying God because of your good deeds. Just know your anointing can be there even when you're pretending to be somebody else. People can sense it. And let the light of God shine through you. Know that you have a family here who support you. You can call any one of us. And we will pray for you. We'll be there for you as you, God pushes you out into something brand new. God, I thank you for the favor on Holly's life. And I pray an increase. In the name of Jesus, amen. Bless you, Holly. Bless you. Amen. It's exciting, isn't it? This is a good church. I'm enjoying church. Uh, are you ready for the word? Should we actually preach now? How long do I have? Two hours. Great. It's fine. We've got plenty of time. I wonder if that joke will ever get old. Who knows? You're still laughing, so that's a good sign. Okay. Uh, will you get out your Bibles if you have them with you and find Acts 10? If you didn't bring your Bible, just look around a bit awkwardly and then don't worry because it will be on the screen. Just to let you know, we've been doing a series called The Family Flag and it's what to expect at home according to Acts 10. We have been studying Acts 10 and trying to raise our faith for what God can do, not only in this house of God, but in your actual house. Yes, has that been encouraged? Has anyone enjoyed this series so far? Good, because I have preached all of it. So if you say no, I'm going to feel really upset. And we have been going through Acts 10 where Cornelius, the Gentile Roman soldier, has an amazing encounter with God and his whole family become believers. And I don't know about you, but I would love to see that in my family. I would love to see it. I would love one day that I'm praying and an angel comes to me. That would be great to start with. And then, And then I would love that... I'm sitting in a house one day and somebody knocks on the door and comes to preach to my whole family and I would love for my whole family to be baptized in water and of the Spirit. Would you not? So we are trying to raise our faith to what expect at home. What to expect for your kids, what to expect for your brothers, for your sisters, your aunties, your uncles, your great granddads, you, yourself. We are trying to raise our faith and realize that God doesn't just move here on a Sunday. God moves in your house When you are home alone, you can have an incredible encounter with God. I want husbands and wives to be such strong, unified men and women, God, as a partnership of one flesh. I want this house to be filled with amazing marriages. You amen in that? And I want this house to be filled with amazing families. I want strong, godly families for generations to come. Amen? And whether you're thinking, I don't really have a family like that, well, you are part of this family. And I want you to know for it for this family that you would have encounters with your brothers and sisters in this house, I'm trying to raise your faith today. Is that okay? Before I really start my preach and start reading, let me just read another Bible verse to you, because I'm just so full of stuff and I'm so excited, I just need to share it with you. Is that okay? Because what we're talking about I want to read one of the craziest Bible verses I've read it this week, and I was like, "This is insane. Can this truly be real? And uh, it's Jesus speaking. Uh, it's Mark 11, sorry. <laughs> but don't, you don't have to go there. I'm just going to read it to you. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Believes what they say will come to pass, and it will be done for them. So I wanna say, what are you speaking over your house? If you knew what you spoke would come to pass, what would you speak? If you 100% knew it, if I could guarantee it, what would you speak over your house? Would you speak financial blessing over your house? Would you speak salvation for your house? Would you speak healing for your house? Would you speak gathering of people at your house? What would you speak for your house? I wanna raise your faith today. Start speaking good things over your family, over your house. Men of God in the room, speak good things over your wife and your kids. Speak good things. Let, their, let your voice be one of the most prominent voices they hear on this earth. So I say to Emily, <laughs> when she hears something, we, we've had many conversations before, and some people are a bit awkward sometimes because she's a woman pastor, and sometimes they say things, then she gets a bit upset by it and I'm like, Emily, my voice is more important than their voice. And I say, you're a pastor in the house of God. I try and remind her. I do this. She's like, all right, here we go again. I do this. I'm telling her. I'm speaking over her. The only voice that can trump mine is Christ. I'm a husband. I'm going to speak over her life. I'm going to speak healing and speak wholeness and speak blessing. So would you do me a favor? Would you speak something to your neighbor right now? Turn to them and just speak goodness over them. Speak financial blessing. Speak whatever it is you feel. Turn to them right now and say, I want to speak blessing over your life. Come on. Paul, I speak it for you, my friend. Financial blessing. Blessing. Okay, Okay, I'm going to read the rest of the story to you from Acts 10. And uh, just to let you know, we were meant to have a guest speaker here next week, but his visa got denied. It's very frustrating. Um, I am going to call the English embassy this week and see what I can do. Uh, not that I have any kind of power, but God does, so who knows. And I'm just going to call them and say he is, he is here for a reason, and we'd really like him to come. He's from Nigeria. Um, so I'm hoping that he'll be there with us next week in Magna Carta, but if not, we will just start worshipping and see where God takes us. But I plan to end the series today, unless I feel like this week I've got something else to share with it. Maybe next week we'll pray for our families, I don't know. But um, we're gonna, I'm going to read the rest of the story to you today, and it's quite a few verses, but I know you love hearing the Bible read out loud. So I'm going to read from Acts 10, verse 34. So Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. As for the word that he sent to Israel, preaching good news of peace through Jesus, he is the Lord of all. You yourselves know what happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the baptism that John proclaimed. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with the power. He went about doing good and healing all who were there. Oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all that he did, both in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day, amen, and made him to appear. Not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commended us, commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Are you thankful for that truth? Now verse 44, while Peter was still saying these things, The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard him. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed, because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. Then Peter declared, Can anyone withhold water from Withhold water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked him to remain for some days. That's a cool story, isn't it? Would you love to see that in your house? I noticed the theme throughout Acts 10 that I want to teach into us. Hey, more people from the hospital, welcome back. Well done this morning. You did well. We're so proud of you. We heard about it, Paul told us. I want to encourage us. I noticed the theme throughout this, and I believe that we need to develop something in our spirits in order to receive what Cornelius received. Now, would you like to know what that thing is? Because it's important that we know it and that we believe it and start practicing. What I noticed throughout this whole passage is hunger for God. Throughout the whole of Acts 10, there is Cornelius who is hungry for God even when he cannot meet with God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine you couldn't get the warm, fuzzy feelings when you worshipped. Imagine you had to do it just out of sheer tradition and faith. You got no benefit back. You got no. You couldn't receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You just did it because it was the right thing to do. Cornelius just loved God because he was hungry for God. Peter changed his mind and changed his attitude. Why? Because he was more hungry for God than for the blessing and pleasing of man. He was more hungry for God, so he let go of things that he knew before. He was so hungry for God, he said, God, even if you're going to change things that wreck my theology and wreck my understanding, I'm going to chase them because I want more of you. I remember when I first encountered someone speaking in tongues, and I thought, God, this is weird. Are you sure this is of you? And God said, this is of me. And I said, well, if it's of you, I want it. Because I want more of you. There was a hunger in him. And then Peter arrives at the house of Cornelius, knocks on the door, he gets welcomed in, and as he walks in, he sees a room packed with people ready to hear his message. They were hungry for the word of God. Do you get this? They were so hungry, they were all gathered round in the living room, sitting there going, right, Peter, we're here, Go. They were so hungry to receive the word of God. And then they were so hungry for it that even while Peter was preaching, they couldn't wait any longer and they began to cry out And the Holy Spirit. It tells us fell down on them while Peter was preaching. I don't mind if the Holy Spirit interrupts my preaching. They were so hungry and it fell upon them. And they were the first Gentiles to receive the power of God. I want us to develop a hunger for God. Now, this can be quite a hard message, but I'm going to be quite practical today. It might even be quite challenging. But let me first of all honor a couple of people. And I think loads of people in this room are hungry for God. So please don't think that if I'm honoring a couple people, I'm not honoring you, okay? We celebrate people, don't we? I want to honor a couple of people who I think have shown a level of hunger in this house recently. So that we can see maybe what it might look like. The first one I'd like to honor is Andrea. Do you want to give a round of applause? We love her very much. <laughs> and Andrea showed a level of hunger. Hey! Sorry, my wife came back, got excited. <laughs> and my mother in law, wait! Hey! Come on in. Andrea, sorry, let me focus back on you. Andrea, you showed a level of hunger the other day, which I want to commend and I want to honor. While giving a word from the front about prophecy and a- and I was praying for different things, and I was listening to a load of things I wanted to pray for. I had made no call to come out. I had made no call to come forward. But yet Andrea, knowing that she needed to meet with God and encounter God, marched herself up here and became to the front and said, I need more of God. And she came out regardless of what anyone would say, regardless of what anyone think. And I didn't even invite her. She didn't even get permission. She just walked out because she wanted more of God. That is hunger to me. That is a grabbing attitude that says, I will grab what I need. I will run for it. Just like the girl you read about today, Sam. I need healing. I will grab the hem of God, Jesus' garment to be healed. A couple other people who actually aren't here today, which is a shame. One is Duncan. I don't know if you know Duncan, but he's uh, a regular here, and he's a police officer if you're interested. And the, uh, yes, last week, I made a call. And I made a call. I can't remember what it was for, but I made a call. And Duncan was the first one to come out. Now, I honor that because it's great for me when I see men come forward for more of God. I don't know why, it just it really encourages me when men say, you know what, I don't mind how I look. I don't need to look manly. I don't need to put on a performance for anyone. I need more of God, so I'm getting myself to the front. And there's one more is, is Jade, if you know Jade. She's not here today as well. Jade has a, a son with, with special needs, and um, We have been talking and praying for him, but Jade is so hungry to see him healed. And it it lifts my faith every time I see it. Whenever there's a call for any form of healing, Jade marches out. She grabs her kid from kids' work, marches the kid back in, and makes him stand at the front to receive prayer. And I'll tell you what, Jade testifies to seeing a huge difference in her son. Even so much that her husband has noticed a difference as well. There's something about an attitude that says no matter what, I am going for God. No matter what, I'm going to grab hold of Him. No matter matter what crowd stands in my way, I'm going to kick them out of the way and get to God. No matter how weird it seems, no matter how... Weird and funny sometimes the spirit stuff gets, I, and if it's of God, I want more of God. No, how, no matter how long it takes me to read my Bible, I'm going to read it because I want more of God. There's something about the attitude, and I want to teach it into us today. Is that okay? The first point I'd like to pick up for that if you want to build a hunger in your life, there's a few things you need to do. The first one we need to do is wait. In Acts 10, Peter arrived to the house to a room full of people waiting for God. I don't know how long they were waiting, but I like to think they were there for a long time. Helps me make my point today. They were waiting for Peter to preach. They were waiting for God to move. How long would you wait for God to move in your life? I had a friend who once told me he stopped sleeping on Thursday. And I was like, what? He said, I decided from now on I'm going to pray every Thursday evening all the way through. I was like, all right, mate. Cool. He wanted more of God. In fact, every book I read about any man or woman of God that has done something incredible on the earth for God, leading a revival, leading incredible churches, will tell you of a time when they did extreme things just to get more of God. I've heard stories of people who had booked themse- locked themselves in their house, and they would just stay in that house for a week at a time, praying for more of God. I don't know what you have to do, but one thing I do know you have to do is you have to wait for hunger to build. How many of you know if you don't eat and you wait too long, you get hungry. Literally waiting, literally builds hunger in you. How many of you have been around a dinner table waiting for mum to bring in the roast dinner? Yes, you're waiting, it builds the hunger. The anticipation, if, talking about food now, is getting me hungry. Building the anticipation builds a hunger in you. We have to be ready to wait. Now, I want to give you some instruction about how I think we need to do this as church, and I want to give you some instruction about how we, I think we need to do this at home. That's my, what I'm going to do for each point. But I want you to know, first of all, what I'm going to give you are very practical things, but please don't see them as religious laws. What I'm saying is just a good idea and a wise idea, and I would like you to follow it. The reason why I'd like you to follow is because I'm trying to get something into your heart. Let me, let me put it like this. Let me give you a very simple analogy. Um, trying to get kids to eat vegetables. Any Anyone a fussy eater in the house? Do you want to admit it? Tim at the back, Tim. <laughs> and when you're trying to get kids to eat vegetables, your job as a parent is to make sure your child is having a healthy, balanced diet. That is your job as a parent, yes? Everyone knows this. You need your child to eat vegetables. But you don't just need them to eat vegetables, you need them to want to eat vegetables. Because eventually a time will come in their life where you no longer are sitting with them over dinner and making sure they eat their greens before they have dessert. You need them to want to. But in order for them to want to, they first have to. You as a parent bring an external force to change behavior. That behavior then teaches them to change and then their heart begins to change and then their heart naturally changes their own behavior. You understand what I'm saying? Did you get that? They need to, you need, they need to, no, I'm just going to stop. That's too many things. They have to in order to want to. So I'm going to give you some practical things today which I would love you to have to do in order to build something in you that says I want to do. Yes? Yes? But I'm not trying to judge anyone. I'm not saying if you don't do these exact practices that you don't have a hunger for God. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want us to get religious or legalistic about the things I suggest. But what I'm trying to suggest is sometimes discipline helps change behavior. Behavior helps change your heart. I'm going today for the heart, but I'm coming through the road of behavior. Does that make sense? We need to be willing to wait in church. I would like it if before 11 o'clock we were all here expectant for God to move? I would like it. It is not a biblical command. I cannot quote a scripture to you that says be on time. And I know some of you, your life just, not, just doesn't work on time. I'm not trying to, I will not judge you if you walk in late. I will not be angry with you. I will not take notes and put it down on a piece of paper and remind you. That's not what I'm going to do. But wouldn't it be great If our expectation level was so high that we were here waiting for God. We were almost singing worship before worship began because we were expectant for God to move. I would love us to be waiting upon him. Why do I think this is good? Why do I think this is important? Because strength will rise when we wait upon the Lord. There's something about us coming together and saying we're going to wait for God to move. It builds an anticipation which actually strengthens you in your faith. You will come into church with more of a faith ready to see your own breakthrough in your life. I would like us to be expectant and waiting for God when he moves on a Sunday. Because I, you know I just find it funny, we, we, lots of us miss the first song, and I'm thinking, you just missed a quarter of your song worship today. Maybe that was the song that was for you. Maybe that was the song where you were going to have breakthrough. Maybe that's the song that was going to give you a testimony. Maybe that's the song that was going to stick with you all week to encourage your faith. Let us come ready. Let us be here waiting. Let our hunger build before church begins, so that when church starts, we are so ready to just eat as much as we can of God. I want you to do this in your homes, because what I've noticed about homes these days is they seem busy. I don't know if yours is. Yours might be different. If it is, that's great. Hold on to it. But I have noticed when I speak to a lot of people, there's words. When I say, how are you? How is life? Words like busy. Hard, stress, tiredness come into practice. And I want to encourage you with your families to give time aside to wait for God. Can I ask you to slow down? Create space for God to move in your life. We do that purposefully on a Sunday. I, I, I respect churches that do their services very on time, and that's their decision for what God's. they feel like God's told them to do. But for us, we purposely do not overpack the schedule, so that if God wants to breathe and do something different, we can be obedient. We create space for waiting. That's why at the end of worship, some of you might find it really frustrating because you're more of a, I just want to get on to the next thing, but we purposely create space where at the end, we just let it, we just see is there anything in the room that we need to focus on and deal with and God wants to breathe and do? I'm not saying that every church that doesn't do that is bad, you understand? But I'm trying to teach us at this church to have a behavior for waiting upon God. Because I I heard a preacher once stand up and say, he was in Nigeria, I was, I was in Nigeria, and this guy was preaching and they were all fiery in Nigeria. And he was saying, um, I won't try the accent, that would be really weird. He said, he said, he said, some of, you, some of you young men, you can only pray for 15 minutes straight, and that's it. He said, you're not going to change the world with 15 minutes straight. And in my head, I was thinking, do you know what, in England, if we did 15 minutes straight, that would be good. Can I be real? It's just, let's be real about who we are, even in myself. I'm like, yeah, do you know what, 15 minutes, and he, that's, that's his lowest bar. And I'm like, if we did that, I'd be like, guys, revival broke out today. His expectation is so much higher for what we can do. There's a waiting upon God in prayer. If you just give 10 minutes, of God, uh, 10 minutes of your life to God every day, are you creating space for him to actually move in you? There needs to be some times, people, when you need to say, this evening is just for God. This night is just for God. In fact, this whole day, this week, I'm going to book myself into a hotel and have 24 hours just with God. I'm going to wait upon him. Because strength will rise in me when I wait upon him. If you want to hunger, it's very simple. Just create spaces where you are feeling so uncomfortable with waiting. Get to that place where you're sitting in your room going, okay, I really want to look at my phone right now. Just get to that place and hunger will build in you. Is that okay? You can do that with your houses. Just let you know, if you think... You know, am I one of those people, do I need to do this? If you would like to know, uh, like a bit of a symptom thing about trying to get to church earlier, can I encourage you? If you notice that it takes you a song to get into actually worshipping God, get here earlier. Don't waste a song trying to get into it. Because if you're late as it is and then you try the next song because you're so thinking about other stuff in your life, you've missed half your worship where you could actually give it focus to God. If you need to, come here earlier, sit here for five minutes in silence, declutter your mind so you're ready to connect with God. And also, you know you need to get here earlier to give yourself some space. If during worship, your mind is full up of other things, come early, wait. God, I want to meet with you today. That's my plan. Do you breathe in this place? Wait upon him. Amen. Point number two. You ready for point number two? I want you to hear. It says in the Bible that the Gentiles, not the Gentiles, the Jews that came to accompany Peter heard them extolling and praising God. Heard the Gentiles being baptized in the Holy Spirit and beginning to worship God. And what does the Bible say that it happened to them? They were amazed. These men and women who knew Jesus Christ himself, who had been with him, were still amazed that the Holy Spirit was falling in such a power. I want you to hear the good things of God in your life. It will build a hunger in you. How many of you know Romans 10 where it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God? Some of us, re- if you want to build a hunger, you need to read more Bible. Bible. The Spirit of God is so unique. It's like the more you eat of God, the hungrier you get. Keep reading of the Word, digesting the Word. I cannot recommend it enough. It is absolute gold into your life. It builds your faith. Read your Bible as much as you can. Take it with you wherever you go. My grandma once said to me, Liam, do you treat your phone better than you treat your Bible? And I was like, wow, rebukes by my grandma today. Because she sent me this little thing on email, you know, I got an email from my grandma, it's so sweet. And it said, would you drive home to get your Bible if you forgot it? But you drive home for your phone. Is it the first thing you check in the morning and the last thing you check at night? Because that's how you treat your phone. Do you believe your phone more than you believe the Bible? How many of you read something on Facebook and go, well, that must be true because it's on Facebook and it's connected to the news? Or how many of you go, no, the Bible says it, and even if I don't like it, I'm going to believe it. And I want you to receive the preaching of the Word of God. How do I want you to receive this at church? Are you ready? You know what I'm about to say. Well done, get, jump in there early so you feel smug after the point. I want you to receive when I am preaching to you. When Emily is preaching to you, when anybody is preaching to you, if they speak the word of God, receive it for your life. Not because of me, not because of Emily, but because the word of God is living and breathing and active. Receive it for your life. I mean it. Really, like that woman who, Sam, you read that Bible verse, it's really helped me today, thanks. That woman who went to grab the hem of Jesus' cloak, she had to receive her healing. Jesus wasn't on his way to her. He wasn't going to go meet her. Do not sit there waiting. Grab hold of it. Run for it. Receive what God is trying to say to you. If there's a word in worship, do you think I need that to be true in my life right now? Say, I receive it. Think about it in another way. I cannot talk about hunger without talking about Jacob in the Bible. Jacob's name, they reckon, means deceiver. But another translation which I think is better for him is grabber. Jacob the grabber. How do I know it's better for him? Because he came out of the womb grabbing his brother. He, he took the first blessing of the first son by grabbing it from his brother. He was so, in, so passionate about getting blessed by God that he actually grabbed God and wrestled with him. I want some grabbers in the house. I want people that come as soon as worship begins. Even if Maria's got a cold and is sounding off. Although I've never heard it happen. Even if she is off-key... You just go. It doesn't matter. I'm grabbing it. I'm grabbing the prayer. I want more of God in my life. I'm grabbing it. I want you to be like when the word of God is preached, you grab it for you. You grab it for you. Say, I will. I will look weird. I will look different. I will even. I stand up if I need to. I will throw my chair if I need to. I do. No, I don't have to do. I do whatever it takes for me to grab hold of the word of God. Now, please hear me. Am I going to judge you if you don't amen me? No, of course not. But I'm trying to teach you a behavior that will help you learn to want something. Because I tell you, when you sit there and you start amen in a preaching, you really get into it. It will help you listen and take in the message. Is that okay? Are you up for that? How do I want you to do this for your home? What you grab on Sunday, use on Monday. Use it for your family. What you grab on Sunday, whatever it is, whether it's we talk about healing, or maybe, maybe today you actually know somebody in your family who's struggling with antibiotics. They're taking antibiotics because they've got an infection in their body. The person declared it on a Sunday that they were going to be healed. Grab it. I'm grabbing that blessing, and I'm going to take it into my life on Monday, and when I meet the person at work or I meet the person in my house that has that condition, I'm then going to give it to them. This happened in the Bible, and what they did is they got Paul, and they said, Paul, can you pray over this cloth for me, this handkerchief, this pocket square, this shoe, whatever it can be, pray over it for me, because I want to take that, I'm going to receive that blessing, and I'm going to give it out over here. People, God is actually telling you exactly what you need to hear, but the thing is that you're not receiving it, and then some of us learn how to receive it, but then you don't use it on on a Monday. So life doesn't change. Yes, you're amen in the preach, but you're not using what you've learned. So this week, you'll know you've received it because this week you'll say, family, everyone stop. We're making space for God and we're waiting for Him. What we've received on Sunday, we will use on a Monday. And please, can I instruct you and give you some wisdom here? Apply your teaching on a Sunday here at Flow Church above other preachers you hear. Hear me out. Why? I believe... You need to receive what God is saying to your house that you belong to. Because God may be saying something to us that is unique for this season and this time. And if you focus on putting somebody else's preachers into practice before this one, you may miss out on what God is doing here. Please hear me. I'm not saying you shouldn't listen. You understand what I'm saying? Go and listen to as many preachers as you can. Please. I, listen to like, I generally listen to about 10 a week, but that's another story. Go and listen to as many as you can, but put into practice first what you're learning here because God speaks to us about us. You with me on that? And I will receive it as honor if you take my words and put them into practice. Paul commends Philippians, the the church of Philippi, because he says, guys, you've obeyed my words, not only in my presence, because how many of you know people obey when the pastor's present? How many people's houses I've gone to and they go, let's say grace. And then the kid goes, we never say grace. And mom's like, yes, we do. It's, it's, it, trust me, I've not been invited to parties because people didn't want to obey and they didn't want the pastor in the house. It's easy to obey when the pastor's present. But he, he commends and honors the church of Philippi for obeying when Paul isn't present. He says, I commend you for obeying not much more in my presence, but much more in my absence. The fact that you did it when I was absent shows me that you're actually listening to God, not to me. If you just do it when I'm there, you have put something on me that I should not be carrying. Because Christ is with you all the time. Is this helping somebody? Uh, Can I keep going? You will know if you need to get better at receiving the preachers. (laughs) Take a deep breath. Scalpel's coming. If preachers are nice to listen to, but they don't actually change you, and you spend more time thinking how long it is, rather than what's being said. Whew, don't worry, I'm challenging myself here, okay? This is just for me as much as it is for you, but I want, us, I want us to be real. Trust me, I've sat in meetings before with Pastor Kay, and when he comes, guys, the meeting's going to be a li- little bit longer, just to let you know. Bring a snack. <laughs> I have sat with him as he has preached two hours long, and I've been in a meeting with him for four hours, and I did a six-day mission trip with him where we did three meetings a day that were at least... Two and a half hours, and on the sixth day I was meant to preach, I was so tired I could not preach. And I said to him, I'm sorry, Pastor, I cannot preach today. I feel so unwell. I feel so run down. And he let me gracefully have the morning off. But they still joke about it in Nigeria to this day. But if we think more, I still would be in that room as much as I can because I want to receive from him. I want to receive. And so if I have to be tired, If I have to be tired tomorrow, if I have to forget about lunch, if I have to worry about church is the priority on a Sunday, not what I'm doing for lunch. If I have to just focus and and just be there. Even if I have to take a nap while I'm in the room, I'll do it because I want to receive more of God. And I want us to have the attitude to build a hunger. Is that good? Can I commend Sue here as well? Sue, I want to honor you. Last week, we prayed for something. I don't want to talk about it because I want to, um, yeah. We prayed for something. And you came up to me afterwards. You said, Liam, I've been living with that thing for the whole of your life. And you said, but no more. And I love that because you receive the word of God for your life. And the word of God is a double-edged sword. It's living and active. It breathes into you. It will do amazing things simply just by saying, I receive it. Okay. Are you ready for my last one? You good? Turn to the person next to you. Say, wait and hear. Just give you a brain break. We've got last point. It's going to go big. Extol. It's the last bit. The Gentiles, after receiving the Holy Spirit, extolled, extolling God. What does that mean? To praise enthusiastically. Not, 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 not just praise. Praise. Let's try that again. Not just praise, but praise. Bye, guys. No, don't worry about it. It's fine. We love you. Everyone wave goodbye. Say we love you. Have a good rest of the day. Mel, I'm letting you go because I know you're hungry. It's good. You're good. That was the best sermon to walk out, isn't it? That's good. (laughs) Right. Not just praise, but praise. Trust the actress to get it. Praise. With enthusiasm. Thank you, Sue. With enthusiasm. Now that is a challenge to us. And I think it's probably more of a challenge to our culture than it is other cultures. But British people, God deserves our enthusiastic praise. He deserves our crying out. He deserves our round of applause. He deserves our shouts of praise. He deserves it all. He deserves it. I want us as a church... To be hungry, because extolling God builds a hunger in you, and it does something good for you. I would love us to be a church that praises enthusiastically. And when I read the Bible about what does enthusiastic prayer look like, uh, praise look like, there's a few things you see. The Bible talks a lot about instruments. That's good. We got instruments. But if you play an instrument, come chat to Maria afterwards. It talks about singing. Which, good, we do. You enjoy singing on a Sunday. It's a biblical thing. That's why we love it so much. We sing, but also the Bible talks about another thing. Dancing. And there's something about dancing that is unique, and I believe singing and dancing are a gift from God. And I have been, I've had a personal revelation, which I'm going to share with you in a minute, about dancing. But I believe singing and dancing are from God. And I believe the enemy is robbing us of them. We are afraid to dance. We fear judgment about dancing. We don't know how to do it, when really it's not, you just, you just do it. There's lots of reasons why we don't dance on a Sunday morning. And I believe the enemy is robbing us because whenever you, see the dance in the, whenever you see the word dance in the Bible, I tried to look this up as much as I could. There's only a couple of verses where I noticed it wasn't in there. But if you look up dance in the Bible, in that same verse or in a verse next to it or before it, it will also talk about joy. In fact, it uses dancing as an expression of joy. There is something powerful about dancing that it actually gives you joy. You're like, all right, Liam, this is getting a bit weird. Okay, let, let me help you out with this. First of all, it's scientific. It actually does. I looked it up. The research on it actually lowers stress and it increases um, all kinds of chemicals flowing through your body to make you feel better. But that's another story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from the Bible here. I had a personal revelation about dancing because although I like dancing, I wasn't like, let's go for it in church. And I've been to Nigeria and they, they go for it. I was like, this is too far for me. I'm like, I'm just good with it, you know. But they're like, they, they run up and down. I love it. They just run up and down while worshiping. And I'm like, what are they doing? (laughs) They're extolling God. I had a personal revelation when my friend Rory passed away. So as you know, if you've been coming here for a while, my friend Rory at Christmas passed away. He's my best friend. uh, And he was a best friend to Emily, myself, Maria, and Jamie. And he passed away living with cystic fibrosis for the whole of his life. And we've been praying for him and praying for him. We were believing for healing. And uh, we didn't get it this time. And we were upset, we were, we were, it was crazy, you know, I can't explain, I'm sure lots of you know how it feels, but it was also awful. And I'll tell you something that was weird with me, as I was processing my grief alone with God, God told me to dance. And I was like, I'm not really in the mood. And he said, dance. And I'll tell you what, for a few, I don't know, like, I did it for hours in different times and I did it probably four or five times. I just danced by myself in my room. Well, in our one-bedroom flat. And uh, I turned on my favorite upbeat Christian music dance songs, the ones that I like. And I danced. And I cannot tell you the release that came for me. In fact, I was actually dancing and weeping. I was weeping because I was so broken. But there was a joy rising within me for hope for him. He was a believer, a man of God, so I had no doubt about where he was. But dancing released it in me. And I'm telling you because I think the enemy robs us of it by just saying, don't worry about dancing, that's not for you. And it's actually keeping you in the box that he can control you in. Because if he knows if you danced and let out some joy, joy would become your strength, Nehemiah 8.10. And then you would get stronger in your faith by dancing because it releases a joy within you. And he knows that. So he just says, it's not your nation. It's not your culture. You're a man. Don't do it. Don't let everyone see you. Let the kids do it. That's the kids thing. No, I'm telling you, it's your thing. Do not let the enemy rob you of something that is going to bring you joy in your life. So maybe sometime you just need to get up and dance. And let God break something in your spirit. Let God release joy into your world. You struggling with an addiction, try dancing through it. Say to God, God, I'm going to dance in the name of Jesus. See if it releases attention within you. You struggling with depression, scientifically it's going to help you, but I believe spiritually it's going to help you as well. Get up and dance. And I will not let a church happen where the enemy robs us of something that it lets us encounter God. So this will be a church where we extol him, where we sing praises, where we sing hymns, where we use our instruments, use our gifts, use our talents, and we will dance. I don't mind how you dance. If just this is a dance for you, that's fine by me. Just don't let the enemy rob you of it. If you need to run up and down, do it. You might just find healing on the way. But I would like to encourage you, especially the men in the house, do not hide yourself from dancing. It is a gift from God. If it's a gift from God, it's meant to do good to you. Do not let the enemy say that gift is not for you. Now, if you're like Liam, there is no way I'm dancing in church. Okay, okay. There's no way I'm dancing in church. Dance at home. Dance at home. Please, trust me, Emily and I are good at this bit. We love dancing at home. It's true. I don't know what it is about our flat, but I like to dance in it. And sometimes we will just play music. It doesn't have to even be Christian music. Oh. Ah, your pastor's backsliding. But Dance. Husband, when was the last time you danced with your wife? (laughs) Jamie and Maria are very (laughs) happy right now. I know Dan and Brenda have got this one down. You guys love to dance. He could come preach on this, I'm sure. Dan is a dance instructor. Maybe you should teach us all one day and then we we can all dance. Everyone up for that? Good. We'll sort it out, Dan. But just dance at home. Dance with your kids. When your kids are dancing, don't just say, oh, that's the kid thing. Because don't teach them that they're going to lose it at some point. If your kid is dancing, I'm going to dance with you, mate. It doesn't matter how we look. We're releasing something in our spirits. I want us to be a hungry church. Why do I want us to be a hungry church? Because I want to encounter God. I want to encounter God. And the Gentiles and Cornelius and his household had an amazing encounter with God. And one of the reasons, I believe, obviously this was spiritually ordained and sovereignly controlled, but I believe that their hunger helped. He was hungry and he he waited upon the Lord for years of his life and an angel came to him. He waited a few days for Peter to be brought to his house. His family waited to hear the words of God coming through him. And when Peter preached, they received it with power. They said, What he says, I want. And then they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they began to dance. They began to sing. They began to praise him with instruments. They began to shout out his name. They extolled him. If you want a family of God, make sure those three things are evident in your life that there is a space in your family where you can wait, that you, as a family, practice what you hear preached. And then as a family, you praise with enthusiasm together. You can close your eyes and let me pray. God, I give you permission to move right now. I'm going to wait for you. Holy Spirit, move in this place. I pray a hunger for God would develop in us. Help us, Jesus. God, I really want to pray today and rebuke the spirit of the enemy that has stopped us believing that dancing is for us. There isn't a child that doesn't love dancing. They'll all dance. They'll all move crazy. They won't even care about it. They won't care about how they look. As long as mom and dad say they're okay, they're okay. God, let us be like that with you. That when we come before you, we're going to dance because we're so happy. Men in the house, can I rebuke the spirit that says you shouldn't be doing it? May we lead an example. May we be the most enthusiastic praise men. May we be mighty men of God. And one of the mightiest men of God to ever lived was a man named David, and he was known for dancing. He was known for singing. He was known for praising. Maybe, just maybe, they are linked. Maybe he was so mighty because he didn't mind standing and singing. Maybe he was so mighty because he didn't mind standing out. Maybe he was so mighty because he didn't mind dancing in what was considered just his underwear because he had to praise God right there and then. God, I release men in the name of Jesus to dance. I release all of us in the name of Jesus to dance. Thank you, God. This week, this week, may we have a hunger for you like we've never had. Thank you, God. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So come next week week ready. Be here early. Be here ready to move. Love you guys. We're in Magna Carta next week. We'll see you around. Sorry it's taking a bit longer today, but I hope it's blessed you. Stay around, hang out, read the Bible with somebody, pray with somebody, grab a coffee, grab a tea. I want to you as well. Bless you, church. Love you. See you next week.